0: August 30th, 2023, we're in Maseche and Sa'andaf, Lameteta Mudalef, let's start three lines from the bottom where the Gemara says, Itmar, first word in the line. Itmar, m'leven atan havero the Mishnah told us that the Halakha, with regards to a situation where a person filled up water from a bor shel ole, ole Bavil, a circumstance where there's a pit of water which was dug out and in turn a person takes from it the Mishnah told us that the halacha was its kiragleh ha-memaleh skipping all the details as we're familiar with them at this point already the ownership status with regards to tehum shabbat is on the person who drew that water the water is so to speak his with regards to the halakhot uh, um, in, in, uh, in the context of tehum shabbat As a result, the Mishnah now questions, the Gemara now questions, What if you didn't draw the water for yourself in mind, but rather with another person in mind specifically? If I drew it for myself, it has the status of me. Even if I hand it over to my friend, it's going to have the status of me. What if, initially, upon drawing that water, I had in mind the friend, I'm, so to speak, drawing for them. What's the status in such a situation? Says the Gemara, Rav Nachman amar keragle mi ulo, Rav Sheshat amar ha Each of these two opinions take different sides on this matter. On the one hand, Rav Nachman says, <speaking in> ha <Hebrew> a person who is, Zokhe Havero, we have a halakha, Zachin adam shiloh b I'm able to, a merit for you. I'm able to acquire something for you, even if you might not even know about it. And certainly when you do know about it, and as a result, if I fill up this water with you in mind, it's immediately yours. It's kiragle mishinit male ulo. It seems to be the more simple approach. Rav Sheshat alternatively says it's Hame male. It doesn't get transferred immediately to the ownership of the other. It's rather mine. And as a result, even though I hand it over to you, the status of that water is my own, the one who drew that water. says so the Gemara, what's the mahlokit over here? How do we explain more specifically that second opinion, Rav Sheshat? What is it that's uh, this, this, uh, separating these two opinions? What's their mahlokit really all about? Mor savar bira de hefkerahu, mor savar bira de shutafehu. I suggest the Gemara, the Mahlokit over here, is dependent upon the status, conceptually, of the water of the Oleh Bavil. In other words, explains the Gemara, according to Rav Sheshat, and keep in mind, Rav Sheshat was the second of our two opinions over here. His opinion was, it's kiragleh Malé, right? His opinion is, it's like the a person who filled it for themselves. You know, they filled it for another person. His opinion, in turn, would reflect the concept of this bor being hivkir. What does it mean it's hefkeir? It's ownerless as a result. If it's an ownerless pit, if I go ahead, even though I have intention to fill for you, that won't be effective. Why won't that be effective? Because anytime you're dealing with this concept known as zechiyah for another, it's only if it's an absolute zechut, it's an absolute merit, positive. And in this circumstance, since I'm demeriting another one, I'm taking the water for you and not for Jared, the water for you and not for Joey, in turn the halacha is you don't get to merit that acquisition. That's the halakha, which Rashi cited from Maseche Bava Metzia as well, is ha Metzia la-chavero, hefker, something which was lost, something which was strewn out in the open, and I pick it up with you in mind, Lozacha you don't merit that acquisition. Why not? Because by me acquiring it for you, I lost out for another person. That's a vision Rav Sheshat has, that this water has the status of, prior to my drawing it. Alternatively, the opinion of Rav Nachman is this water was shutafut. This water is your portion in it just as much as another person's portion in it, and so on and so forth. And therefore, if I drew it for you, listen to the point carefully, I'm establishing your portion in this, in this moment. That's what we call berera, is it not? Right? I took the water from it, and by me so doing, I'm effectively saying, this was your portion in this water from beforehand. Those are the two opinions. So again, Rav Nachman's opinion is, it's shutafut, it's a partnership of sorts, and as a result, it's, It's like the status of the person who was drawn for. Alternatively, Rav Sheshat, whose opinion is that it's considered, it's conceptually seen as um, uh, Shut as hefker. Uh, I can't be zokheh for you. Says the Gemara. Etiver Rava Rava has a question on Rav Nachman. Let's review what Rav Nachman just told us. Rav Nachman told us that the bor shel ole the status is shutafut. We call that bere de ninhu. Right. That's what the Gemara told us. What about the following? We have a Mishnah in and Nedarim which teaches this. Hareni Alekha Harem, Hamudar Asur, Hareata Alai Harem, Hanoder Asur, Hareni Alekha Beata Alai, Shenahem Asurim. In each of the following three cases, there's a simple stated in halakha. The will come afterwards. If I say that which own, I own is forbidden to you, you're forbidden, you're the mudar. If I say that which you own is forbidden to me, I'm forbidden, I'm the noder. If I say that which is owned by you and by me is forbidden upon you, and that which is owned by you is forbidden upon me, well, in turn, I'm asur to you and you're asur to me. Those first three halachot are quite straightforward. Now we deal with the tricky situations, where I said something's asur to you, but we kind of have a shared st- stock in this, and we have a shared ownership. You, I said something that's yours is forbidden to me, I have a shared ownership in it. What sort of situations, says the Mishnah in its concluding words, two lines from the top, umutarin b'shel ole Bave." The two of us are nonetheless, even if I was oser you upon me, or you or me upon you, irrespective of the circumstance, we're both going to be mutar in the belongings of, quote-unquote, ole bavir. Now That's interesting in and of itself already. We'll have to return to what that means. Ve'asurin b'shelotahair. But we're forbidden in the sta- shared ownership items of a city. A, uh, a city, a municipality type of thing where everything is shared. Well, What are the examples? And then we'll get to why this is being cited as we've discussed in the last class. Listen to the following situations where, again, we considered it ownerless because it was established by the people for those who are going from Babel up to Eris Yisrael. And in turn, I'm allowed to get benefit even though I'm asur from you. Ha, um, the following Har Habayit Har Habayit means the Makom HaMikdash uh, we all have an ownership? No none of us have ownership it is an ownerless place Har Habayit the place where the Mikdash is Halishkot Azarot, the inner sanctums and sanctuaries of the Mikdash U Bor pause and reflect and realize the last of those Borshelem Shelem is exactly what we were talking about in our Mishnah it's the pit in the middle of the way now that pit in the middle of the way, how are we to consider that pit? We had a mahlok, a dispute between Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshat. Is that pit considered ownership and it's just split? Millions of people in the nation of Israel all have an ownership stake in that? Or alternatively, is it absolutely ownerless? Let's review this in the Mishnah over here. The Mishnah in Masseche Nedarim is telling us that since, even though I'm forbidden from getting benefit from you, I'm allowed to get benefit from that pit, it means that pit is ownerless. If that pit is ownerless, that's a direct contradiction to what Rav Nachman told us. Rav Nachman, in our context, told us that the pit is considered partnership. Why did he tell us it's considered partnership? Because he in turn told us that if I were to draw water for you, I'm effectively drawing the water that's yours already. This Mishnah Maseche Nedarim is alternatively suggesting that Bor shelo Baville is ownerless, what we call Hefker. Let's finish the Mishnah before we finish that question. Ve'elohen shelo and the following are situations which we do consider to be a partnership. And as a result, if I said, Eli, I'm forbidden from anything that's yours, and we both live in the same city, I'm not allowed to now walk on the street of the city. But I have an ownership stake in it, but so do you. We're partners in it. Ubeta keneset, the synagogue. Oh, it's not ownerless. It's owned by all. Ubeta merhatsa, and the bathhouse as well. Vi amarta concludes the Gemara. The question now of Rava on Rav Nachman. Again, Rav Nachman who told us that bor shel I'm just going to use the words now. Is considered shutafut. A question from this Mishnah, where it seems clear it's considered Hefker, via Marta Bere de Shutafe, who, if you were to tell me, as you did, Rav Nachman, that the Bor Shelo Le Bavil is considered to be partnership, ownership, am mutar? Why should it be permitted when I forbade your belongings upon me for me to use that Bor, for me to utilize that pit? I thought the pit is owned by both of us why should it be permitted for me to take from it shouldn't it be like the synagogue isn't it identical to the bet Merchatz the uh, bathhouse or the street the uh, says the Gemara the, the truth is um, or, or alternatively you should be like this Asurim uh, Likanes So says the Gemara uh, don't, don't we know that if we're partners in anything and we forbade one another Another in it we're in turn both forbidden to get any benefit from the shared item because you have just as much a stake in it as me the gemara's question in turn simply stated is rav Nachman how could you argue that a bor bavel is considered shutafut equals partnership it should alternatively based on this mishnah masekh, and be considered hefker equals ownerless answers the gemara The Gemara suggests as an answer for Rav Rahman that it works like this. In truth, when we talked about the pit, which is considered to be a partnership, a partnership in a pit, if I want to go and dunk myself in this pit, in this bath which is owned by both me and you, I would not be able to. Every particle of water which touches my body, I say it might be yours, it might be mine, I'm getting benefit from yours and mine at once, and as a result, if we have an equal stake in this pit, in this mikveh, in this bathhouse, I can't go into it if I forbade your part upon me. Alternatively, what if, which what, what we're talking about, the Gemara suggests for Rav Nachman I walk up to it and I draw a cup of water or a pail of water from it So let's imagine there's a gallon, of, there's 10 gallons of water and I draw five gallons of water Am I now forbidden in those five gallons? I'm not immersing myself in all the water at once I'm rather drawing five gallons of water I should say at that moment, once I took those five gallons out those are my five gallons all along that's the concept of "berera," after all. Let me repeat again for us to understand Rav Nachman's claim. Rav Nachman says, "Listen, I do understand. I do accept that the Borceo de Baville, this pit is an equal ownership, not that it's ownerless, it's an equal ownership. And as a result, if I were to draw the water for you, it's in turn considered yours." with regards to Tehom, But you had a question upon me. The question that you asked on me is from the Mishnah Maseche Nedarim, the Mishnah Maseche Nedarim says that that pit, uh, we're both allowed to go and immerse ourselves in it, even though I forbade you to benefit from me. Why, why are you allowed to use it in such a circumstance? It seems clear from there, the Mishnah is telling us, that it's not considered ownership which is split, it's rather considered something that's hefkir. Suggest Rav Nachman, suggests. Rav Nachman, the difference is that that Mishnah was never talking about dipping yourself in it. The Mishnah alternatively was talking about drawing water from it, which means to say, although it does have equal ownership for all of us, however, once you draw the water from it, I've now established that that is mine. If I've now established that is mine, we go retroactively, we say that was mine all along. I'm not benefiting from you in that moment. I'm benefiting from myself. You understand the we difference take it all. What's that? All. Take it all? Absolutely a problem. Correct, Joey. If you take more than your portion, absolutely a problem. Well, that's what Rav Nachman in turn is suggesting. He says, "Since it's considered partnership, you could in turn draw it for someone else, and it's considered theirs. That's the concept known as berera, which we've been working with throughout. It, what's that? dipping Dipping isn't removing because as I dip into it, I'm benefiting from the whole thing at once. I can't say I'm benefiting from my particles of water and not yours, they're all touching me at once, effectively. That's the point. That's the distinction the Gemara makes. It means then, and this is the critical part for us until we come back to the, the specific context at the end, it means then that Rav Nachman is accepting the notion, which maybe we've become familiar with already, but it's we Hifke. do know that, no, he's not accepting it. He's, he's saying, even though it's shutafut, I have a retroactive called berera, Rav Nachman is accepting berera, that when I drew that water it emerges that that water was always mine not that I benefited from yours I took my water out oh, means Rav Nachman accepts the concept known as like like he told us that we all own it he further, he had to explain the Mishnah Masekin and Nedarim, and the way he explained the Mishnah and Masech was with the concept of Berera. It means he accepts Berera. The Gemara will have a question on him accepting the concept known as Berera. Why so? Lots of introductions necessary. Let's just begin with it. V'savar, Rav Nachman, yesh Berera? Question mark. Is it really so that Rav Nachman maintains this concept known as Bereira? It emerged from here, but we're going to have a contradiction from an alternative statement of Rav Nachman in an altogether different context. But the bottom line is going to be, whereas Rav Nachman in telling us that even though we both share ownership in this pit, I can take water out and it's considered mine, the upshot of that is, that's called Berera. We're gonna have an example from a Mishnah altogether different context where he doesn't have Berera. Don't we have the following Mishnah? Several introductions necessary for this Mishnah, which is really recorded in three places. So let me just give the introductions. I have a minute. Uh, I've half a minute. Um, so the several introductions are two-fold, twofold. Introduction: There are two concepts in halacha that we need to know over here. Number one is mahasita shekel. Every year there was an obligation for a person to give half a shekel in order to acquire, for the mikdash to acquire the korbanot that were the korbanot bore the communal sacrifices. Now, in bringing that mahasita shekel, that half shekel, it was very slight. It was a, a, a small sliver of a coin of some sort and as a result there was a fear that the mikdash would not be able to handle it appropriately they would want to redeem it with higher level coins in order for them to do so that would cost a little bit you would have the responsibility of giving that a minimal amount so that they could change the slight and slender or slender coin for the higher level coin you would give an extra small amount let's say a half a shekel is 25 cents you'd pay an extra 5 cents that was what's called the kalbon that was the word for it. You'd pay 30 cents instead of the 25 cents. That's introduction number one. We'll have to deal with the details. Introduction number two, and we'll deal with the details as well. Tomorrow is something called ma'asir behimah. Every year you had to give a tenth of your um, your animal uh, uh, growth and born that year, and you would bring it to the Mikdash, and you would slaughter it. That's the chilev and the, dam, chilev and the dam, that's, that's later in this. Indeed, you're ahead of us, <laughs> Eli. The chilev and the dam would be sacrificed, and you would eat from the ma'asir behimah. We're going to have to deal with both of those halachot, how they interact with one another, and ultimately speaking, how they're relevant to the concept of berera in Rav Nahman's opinion. We'll come back to that next time. Baruch al amen v'amen.